We are like kids on Christmas Eve. It is finals Eve. It's Thursday here. We've got Richmond versus Hawthorne kicking things off. I'm joined by two men. Did you ever play in a final at Richmond? Uh, not a final at Richmond, no. Did you, Richard? One year out of 17, Hummer. <laughs> Big finals performer. So I'm joined by two blokes who aren't very experienced on the field, but off the field, very experienced in finals. Footy, are we, we pumped? Are you both working tonight? Did you get the call up to the A-team? Uh, no, I'm not working tonight. I, Friday night is considered the A-team, I would have thought. And can, having a look at the ratings that were released during the week, it was uh, pretty much the A-team got the job done. Who? So who's calling for Triple M tonight? Howie and BT, I reckon. Oh, okay. So that's normally the team you're in and you've just been left out. Well, no, I work with Howie and Das. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, he's not salty about it, Richie. Oh, Richie, you're on. You're on yeah, tonight. we're on. The uh, team for Channel 7. Yeah, on. Channel, well, not really, Channel 7 tonight. We've got uh, Jim, Jim Brayshaw oh. calling along with uh, Bruce. So Bruce is doing Thursday and Friday. Is that the first time they've called together, those two? I think it probably is. So oh. I reckon uh, I reckon JB would be pretty excited to be calling with the legend Bruce. I think Jimmy Bartell's down on the boundary tonight and Luke Hodge is uh, joining us up what? in the Hodge? Yeah. Is he playing again next year? He is, I think. I believe so, Contracted. Yes. Are you, Hummer, I didn't know you were a Hawthorne supporter. Are you confident tonight? Mate, I'm I'm not confident, but I, I don't have any nerves because it's, it's it's Richmond's to lose, really. We're going in as the underdogs, which I yeah. think is the best position to go into. So we can just, you know, chance the arm, roll the dice yeah. and see what happens. A little bit of a myth surrounding the Hawks going into tonight's game. All the talk is, you know, Clarko, you know, basically has rebuilt Hawthorne in 12 months. But looking at the age and games experience tonight, Hawthorne are actually – Six months older than Richmond in, is that right? on average. Yeah. I, that and, is a good stat. And about ten more games uh, on average. So I'm going to use that tonight. Where, where did that? Did you come up? Did you do, work that out yourself? Well, you got to do homework, Hummer, in yeah. this industry. Maybe swampy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to look hey. at that game a bit later on. We are. Let's talk about the All Australian yes. Hummer because our man right here is an All Australian selector. Ooh. And uh, there was a lot of conjecture about a lot of players this year. And I noticed you were you're not getting on the defensive on Twitter, but you yeah. were certainly putting it out there that uh, well, people were aggressive towards selections and yeah. aggressive towards your Richmond selections. The most contentious one I think people well, found was Shane Edwards over Devin Smith. And I've got yeah. to say, uh, I think you got it absolutely right. Mm. But everyone's saying how many tackles, how good Devin Smith was, and he had a great season. He but did Shane Edwards was the number one player to put the ball inside 50 and result a goal out of that, which is you cannot buy that in footy these days. Yeah, look, what, what you find with this All-Australian selection is it's it's impossible to please everyone because everyone supports the players at their club and they want the players at their club in the team. So you understand people are going to be disappointed. But the Shane Edwards one, I, I just think if you don't understand how good Shane Edwards was for Richmond this year, this is a team that won 18 games and Shane Edwards is probably one of the most important players, if not in the mm. forward half of that team. So Take us behind the yeah. scenes of an All-Australian selection meeting. How many people are there? What sort of room is it? And what are the discussions like? Yeah, well, it's at uh, – you have three meetings throughout the year. So you have one, you know, at about round nine or ten, another one about round 16 or 17, and then obviously one in the second last week of the year. Uh, the selection panel this year was uh, Warren Treadray, Glenn Jakovich, Cameron Ling, Luke Darcy – uh, myself, Danny Frawley, Gil McLaughlin is on the committee and Steve Hocking sits in as well. So, yeah, it's a basically a roundtable discussion at the AFL. Uh, you throw up names. Probably the first meeting you might have about 70 names up on the board. The second meeting you get it down to about 55 and then you get it down to the 40 in the last meeting. And it's 
it's near it's an impossible task really when you're trying to get the final 22 mm. i mean the last four or five positions there's a lot of debate i know a lot of those players are former players who are on that selection committee and it comes out loud and clear every year at the end if glenn jackovic could there would be 18 perth players in that team well the thing with jacko and, and Tredis is they've got to go back to their home states <laughs> <laughs> and they fly back to western australia and south australia and if they haven't got a few dockers and eagles and port power and crows players in, they cop it over there. So they're under a bit <laughs> of pressure. Does it get heated in there at all in the rooms? Um, not heated. I mean, I guess Warren would see Port play every week in the Crows. I mean, we, we don't see them every week yep. live. You see them on TV. So when you're talking about Port players, you probably listen to what Treadrace got to say a little bit more than what I would have to say because I don't see Port live every yep. week. Same with the Eagles with Jacko. Uh, and sorry, Kevin Bartlett's on the committee as well. So with those Richmond selections – People cane you on social media. They basically think yeah, that you're the only yeah. one that got yeah. it. Has to be, it has to unanimous. be yep. it has to be unanimous around the table. So anyway, it's good fun. You can't get it right. Is, Everyone's going to be unhappy. Is there someone that has the final say? What happens if there's a few of you deciding one place? Is there someone that says, well, we need to make an answer? Well, if you, can't, if you can't come to a decision as a group, then you just ha- just has to come down to a vote. So, oh, wow. Yeah. And there's odd, odd, odd numbers, obviously. Yeah. Um, why do they select the team mm. prior to the last round? So obviously the last round isn't taken in contention. So there might be two players mm. who you are split on and one player has a blinder in the last round. I don't know, Nathan. I don't know. That's uh, something him. you'd have to ask. It's good, good, good honesty, very strange. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Richmond. Because yeah. I knew one year when I made All-Australian uh, oh, at about did. round yes. 21. Yeah. I did as well. Yeah. And played accordingly in round 22 when do you because find I knew out? I'd already made because it. Because you, they must know because they get their jackets fitted and stuff for yeah. them. Yeah. When do you find out as the player before? Well, it's obviously it's before the night because you well, that's, stand that's, up that's, what, that's what we just as said. As Brownie just said, Hummer, if you're listening. <laughs> Why aren't you listening? Um, <laughs> we did. You find out before that last game. Yeah. And do you get fitted for the jackets? Uh, they didn't do the jackets. Uh, when really? I was no. So you haven't got a jacket? No. What do you got? This little plaque. With plaque. The, got a little got plaque. Got a plaque, yeah. Like a One of my yeah. plaques has actually been gnawed at by the dog. It's got all the, <laughs> one the, off. the edges torn off. I used my one of mine to uh, hold up. You know, I said one of mine to yeah, hold I up. Yeah, I was so brown. You both <laughs> dropping them. Two times. Hold up. Did you uh, both, how many were you? Uh, three. Three. Jared yeah. Healy rang me once and apologised because he didn't put me in. He said, it's out of you and Stephen Milne and uh, we're going with Milne. The tip rat. Mm. The tip rat, yeah. I saw the tip. Good player, though, the tip. He was very, very good at his craft. Tipper is one of the best small forwards of all time. I saw him at a lunch down at Bomb Beach Footy Club last Friday, and he was playing his last game of footy ever the next day, I think, for Morty Alex. So the tip is done. Yeah, he's done very well. He's been at Bo Morris, been at a few clubs down that way. Hey, news last night that Lynch all but confirmed to Richmond. These managers came to Collingwood and Hawthorne and said, thanks but no thanks. How has that happened? How has Richmond got the salary cap space? And how did – how good management. Collingwood not? Just good management. I think that that's exactly what it is. Blair Hartley's one of the best in the business at list management and you just got to get your numbers right and plan it a couple of years out. But I think what you'll find is Lynch has actually taken less money than exactly. what he's on now at the yeah. Gold Coast Suns. But Hawthorne and Collingwood couldn't offer more. Does he want to Well, I think they did. Well, there was $1.2 million offered around. He'd be nowhere near that because they wouldn't be able to fit him in the salary cap. Yeah. So Richmond have got obviously a plan moving forward where players are get to play there at that footy club like Geelong, like Hawthorne did in those yep. halcyon years. They're going to take less to stay there. And I reckon you, you earn on the backside of that when you finish your career, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, I, you I reckon you earn big dollars being a premiership player 
and doing that after your career if you sacrifice a bit. You probably don't make it up. And it's hard to make up, you know, 400 grand a year, which is, yeah. I reckon he'd probably be giving up. Yeah, he's given up a lot. I think the thing about this, and if you're a Richmond person, you're pretty happy, aren't you? You're getting an A-grade player, very, very good player, but just not sure that free agency's working the way it should mm. because if you're leaving a club that's struggling, like the Gold Coast Suns, the best club in the and then you go to the club that's just won the flag, I'm not sure free agency's working. How many players are going to leave? It's not the way it was meant to work, no, was it? No, it's not. Anyway, Richmond when, are happy. When you left for It'll a be, buttload of cash, yeah. did you consider maybe going to a premiership side? You could have gone to Hawthorne. You would have had some premierships. No, but he, Nathan went for money. Let's make Just that money. very clear. That's it. Uh, well, I got offered a lot more at Carlton. I didn't go to Carlton, so it, it's around. It wasn't money. Oh, from right, it was, Nathan. Come on. Hey, Mad Monday back in the news this week. Of it was. Course, but not for not for our boys. I miss NRL. 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 So they're at a pub up in Sydney, right? Right. So middle of the day, yeah. balcony at the pub, other patrons in the pub. So they don't have it to themselves. No. Right. And they've got a sectioned off area. Right. And they got nude. <laughs> oh, <come laughs> and they're doing drinking games, they're wrestling nude. All these things you do behind closed doors. So I'll take you back to a time where there was no phones and obviously they got no photographed yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And are you are you serious they were nude on a balcony? Yeah. At a pub. At a at a pub during the middle of the day. That's so it takes outrageous. me back to about two thousand and two, I reckon it was and um, obviously good mates. I was at the Bulldogs at the time, good mates with Richo, good mates with Cambo, and the Richmond boys, we got told, were all at the Swan. So uh, Cambo was invited us down. I was with about 12 Western Bulldogs players, but this is like one in the morning. So there's nobody around. The pub is shut, so all the windows are uh, locked. Yep. All the dry blinds are drawn. I walk in and I'm greeted with a lot of nude Richmond footballs, um, <laughs> a lot which I don't know. And if you remember, it was just after – the Tony Liberatore, Wayne Campbell, oh. uh, Matthew Knight's incident. So yep. it was it was tense. So there's a lot of Richmond players who didn't really want us in there. Um, and I remember Greg Stafford just sort of peering over. Um, and, and he's a big, big man, yep. uh, Greg Stafford, six foot six. And he's even more um, evil when he hasn't got any clothes on. He is like, you what, don't want to go anywhere near Greg Stafford. What are you saying? That. That Richmond players were nude. Oh, you know you were nude. <laughs> no, I don't. That, you might have added a little bit of mayonnaise on that. Oh, no, here we go. There's a lot of backtracking going on here. Um, but we all decided we we had to join in the party, so yep. uh, we ended up all being nude. So there what was you, a, what you do behind closed doors is your own correct. business. And you should be able to. But why would you stand on a balcony in the middle of the day nude? No. When you're a public figure. Well, no. the NRL boys, they're not no. too – they haven't got much going between the ears, those boys. The night ended <laughs> when uh, Luke Darcy walked over to Shane Burst, one of our young players, and Shane Burst had lit up a cigarette and Darcy cracked it with him, goes, mate, we don't smoke here. Took the cigarette out of Shane Burst's hand and flicked it and it is gone cannonballing in the air and there's a guy called Danny McGrath who used to own the pub with Cambo and he was ha- he'd had enough already it was about 1 in the morning he was serving all he the beers behind to the kick bar out. and it has lodged in, in, in his ear the actual lip Which part. Which had the lip part. Yeah, so the lip part has up. lodged in his ear. He didn't know what had happened and uh, he wanted to punch up Dars and then uh, we thought, we you thought it might be time to leave. You could not do that if you nah. tried it a million times, could you? No. Nah. <laughs> that was a funny night. Let's get stuck into the big stuff. The big, I reckon this is, of course, well, uh, two Richmond men and I'm a Hawthorne man. This is the game I'm looking forward to most. Richmond $1.42, four times the cash. Hawthorne two dollars ninety. They've come in a long way, Brownie. They were at three dollars forty earlier in the week. $3. Yeah, three thirty yesterday. They're in a two ninety now. But uh, they're talking about rain. Does it suit Hawthorne? Does it suit Richmond? I, I don't care who it suits. I just think Richmond, with a week off, 
they're a better side than Hawthorne at the moment. They're a, um, they're a side that plays an eight or nine out of ten game every week, no matter yeah. what they do, eight or nine out of ten every week. Hawthorne are very good. They're consistent. But I just think Richmond, with the week off, they get the job done. Yeah, I think the probably – the overstatement that Richmond had dropped off in the last month is a little bit yep. little bit much because if you actually have a look at those games in isolation, they played Geelong, Essendon and the Bulldogs in the last three rounds. All games were under 10 points. But the Essendon and Geelong game, uh, they were five goals up late in the last uh, late in the, the last quarter, and the last three or four goals were kicked by Geelong and Essendon. Essendon were red hot when they played them. Geelong are a very good team, so look, their form line's still pretty good. They're still scoring heavily off the turnover. Hawthorne's actually dropped a little bit in that area in the last month. So, look, I just think Richmond get the job done. They've been the better team all year, but look, a great job by Hawthorne to get that double chance, absolutely. But yeah, I think. I think there might be a late change too. I'm not, I'm not sure they'll go in with Segler, McAvoy and Schoenmakers if it gets a little bit yeah. greasy. So there might be a late change for Hawthorne. Schoenmakers will make his I way think, out of that. I think so he he's, might he's be no the one. Good. I reckon the bet in this game is Richmond 1-39. to The last four games they've played at the MCG has been 1-39. to So you get two bucks. Yep. 1-39. Well, the line's 15 and a half, but Richmond 1-39, to I reckon. And it's going to be low scoring. I mean, the rain is going to come tonight. The yep. total points at the moment is 154. So that tells me that Richmond 1-39 to is a pretty good bet. You, I don't think Richmond tagged. Tom Mitchell early, but if he gets out of control, Jack Graham would be the man that that'd send to him. But they generally don't don't tag Richmond, so that'll be interesting to follow that one. Hey, last weekend, Brownie, we had a game that was perhaps bigger than all the games we're going to see this weekend. Of course, the mm-hmm. Battle of the Battlers. Now, this was between Ardmona and Nata Wadding, two yep. sides that hadn't won a game in three <clears> years, <throat> 1,100 days, I think, since their last win. And you had the, the call with Brian Taylor. But I can't help – I need to bring this up – is everything all right between the two of you? Because, geez, it was icy early on. Very it icy. It was icy, and it was icy because you're an idiot. <laughs> what so happened? I'll here? tell you what happened. My, how is it my fault? So obviously, we pay people to come and uh, support us, and yeah. Dane Swan is a paid employee of sports. I saw Swanee last night. We had Croft there, and so we needed a caller to call yeah. with me. So, two, yeah. two calls, obviously. And so Hummer's getting stressed. Because so who's your call first, JB or BT? Well, we'll get, we'll get nice. to that, Matthew. We'll get to that. So he's stressed because BT's not getting back to him. So technically they've called BT first, but he wasn't getting an answer and yep. Hummer's, uh, Hummer's stressed. This is two weeks out, mind right. you, so I don't know why he's so stressed. He's gone, I ring Brayshaw. Stressed, what yeah. would Brayshaw cost? Let's ring Brayshaw. And he kept upping the price. He kept upping the price for Brayshaw. This was a j- so, the price was a joke, well, by the way. No, the conversation we had wasn't a joke. You said, offering this, we need Brayshaw. So, so if I offered Jim, him a nice figure. I text Jim. I said, yeah, this is what the deal. <laughs> this is what we're doing. You're going to be there for two and a half hours max. Um, Brayshaw, his, his next text back to me was, is that all they've got in the budget? And I was like, mm, it's a pretty good it's a deal pretty at the good moment. Offer. Very, Very good, good offer. He accepted it in the end, though, He accepted it in right. the end, so he got back to me. So I'm trying to find Hummer and and lock away Brayshaw. Hummer's not answering my calls, not answering my texts. All of a sudden I get one back. Actually, BT came back to us and yeah. he has locked it away. So right. And it's about... It's a lot less than what Brayshaw lot, almost half was offered. Half? Yeah, a bit more. A lot less. So, well, less than half. So I've got an issue right now. So I've got to go back to uh, Brayshaw and go, you know that deal 75%. that I've just offered you? Wow. And he did say to me, he goes, this would be great. He goes, I'll clear the credit card before I go to Europe in October. Um, I've got to go back to Brayshaw and say, look, Jim, um, that offer, <laughs> I need to take that back because <laughs> – They've actually offered it to somebody else, which I didn't know. So I'm thinking, does Brayshaw believe the fact that I didn't know that? Yeah. And I said, and the other thing, it's actually BT that's oh, doing no. it. <laughs> so to soften, to soften the blow, 
I told Brayshaw and and uh, Damien Barrett the full story uh, how well, BT had taken mistake. it less, and then they went with it at On twelve air. p.m. <laughs> the very first item off the top last Saturday, so they did their twelve to two slot, even though there was no game, and BT was flat because uh, he he they made it seem like. BT undercut Brayshaw. Right. And so then I got... <laughs> BT couple, had no idea, mind no, you, did he? No, yeah. BT didn't do anything wrong. But uh, BT was filthy because he thinks that I've orchestrated all this and then I've made him look like an idiot on air. So when I got to the game Sunday and I said, how are you, Barge? The reception oh, I got was, was less than frosty, Matthew. <laughs> and you know you've been on the receiving end of a BT uh, frostiness. Oh, I know oh how you God. feel. I he know wasn't happy. Feel. No, but... I can see BT's side of this. He It does look like he's been set up here a little bit. Yeah, but that's not my fault you went and told. You knew they were going to go with it on the radio. See, that's there is no way that is my fault, Brandy. No, it's just it's good content for radio. Yep. I just felt it was right in our hitting area, and it's normally right in Brian's hitting area. No, but not but when it was, subject. It was about, Jeez, it was it was about Brian. They did recover, though, and you called the game brilliantly. That's yeah. online for anyone that wants yeah. to just so see how they went. I did apologise to Brian on the day. It was a good day. Melbourne versus Geelong. What a game. This is a big game. Melbourne, I, I tell you what. <laughs> Dollar seventy four is pretty good value. Geelong they've had a very easy last three weeks of the year. I wouldn't. I don't. I think they're going to be a little bit, uh, a little bit soft. Geelong under done. I wouldn't be going near them. I reckon Melbourne wins this one by a little bit. It's just whether they you? can handle the um, between the years stuff, yeah. Matthew. I think Melbourne are the better side. They're playing yeah. the better footy. Um, their midfield is tough at the moment, yeah. and uh, obviously you'd think that contested footy Geelong should be good with. Dangerfield, Selwood, Ablett, these guys. But, yeah. geez, Melbourne with Brayshaw and Harms and these tough in and under guys. I just think Melbourne get the job done. I, I, I can't see Geelong's midfield beating them. The only way Geelong can win is if Dangerfield or Hawkins or even Ablett yeah. have just an absolute blinder and Dangerfield goes forward and kicks five or Ablett has 40 and kicks four. That's the only way I can see Geelong winning. Yeah, it, seem, it seems extraordinary that you're going, Geelong can't win this game. They won the last two games by 100 points, but... Gee, they were ordinary games. Freeman on mm. Gold Coast just didn't turn up down there at Geelong. On form, purely, you have to tip Melbourne. I've watched them the last few weeks. The West Coast game, they were, they were fantastic. And they made GWS look ordinary at the G, yep. uh, not last Sunday, the Sunday before. I only lost the contested footy once during the year. Gorn is in incredible form. And their, their hybrid forward line, without Jesse Hogan, it actually looks more dangerous. It's a bit like Collingwood's forward line, mm. you know, with Petrarca down there. Jake Melksham's in great form. Harms to Selwood, do you think? Uh, either him or Duncan. Yeah, I Duncan. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Duncan is second behind Shane Edwards as the best inside 50 yeah. player in the comp. So he's very good. He's got a great rapport with Hawkins, uh, forward of centre. So if you're going to finish someone off, I reckon – I think you can tag Duncan out of the game. I, I, yeah. I don't think you can tag Selwood out of the game. You can limit his influence, but Duncan's a player that I think you can completely take out. Yeah, so I just think Melbourne have been more consistent. Geelong have played in fits and spurts mm. throughout the year. They'll play a good 20 minutes and then go missing. So, yeah, I think Melbourne win this game. Big Max Gorn got beaten yeah. down there uh, in that last ruck battle uh, and they lost that game. Reece Stanley beat Reece Stanley beat Reece Stanley's not playing. Obviously, the young man Abbott's going to play. Well, they might. There, there could be a surprise. They might bring Zach Smith back. Yeah, Ooh, but he'll anyway. remember that. So Max Gorn will think, I am the I key to this game. Yeah, I, I owe him. the footy club because of my performance last time. Uh, I need to win this game and I reckon Max Gorn best on ground.
We're all going Melbourne across the board. Now, your mate, you are a staunch defender of this man. He gets on my nerves a little bit. Kane Kane. I like Kane. I like Kane. Why does he hate Richmond, Kane? Kane hates everybody. He's just so, so negative. Kane is a very, very, you know, they well, talk about work with glass him every empty. He is an eighth empty. But I reckon he does it deliberately to get a response, Cornsy. I, I think at the moment he, he actually enjoys people he giving likes too much fishing. Twitter. Yeah, he, he does. He, he, enjoys he loves it. it. He loves the fact that his name's always in, in the press. And mm. he's, he's carved out a niche for himself as being the antagonistic. And I don't, he's not a shock jock. I just, I think he's well thought out in what he says and he believes what he says, but there's just a lot his of homework. Does he believe a, everything he says? He does that Mad Monday stuff? No, no he not, believes a, not a problem. He believes everything he Jeez. says. He's well researched on it, and he just doesn't care. Most people would think things and not say them. Yeah. Like there's certain things that me and you in the radio would think. Well, I'm not really going to say he that. Because it he, would upset people. He doesn't really mind what people think. Yeah, he which, doesn't care about the back. He's got a thick skin. But I've got to draw the line when he starts talking about Mad Monday and the fact that. Players who miss out on the eight shouldn't be allowed to have a mad oh, it's Monday. A joke. That's ridiculous. Shouldn't be allowed to dress up. Now, this is a man who left football in his dying days to become a firefighter. Firefighter. So this so is he a sort of you human. Can't have a mad Monday if you don't play finals. Because you don't deserve yep. it. Right. What I'm saying to Kane Corns is there is a lot of downtime in football. There is a lot of times when you get kicked in the guts and you lose a lot of games. And I've been part of clubs that haven't been great. Yeah. And at the end of the year. If Surely you can't you can celebrate with your mates and yeah, you can't have some fun and have a laugh, why are we doing it? You need to have moments of levity and moments of enjoyment even when footy's not going that well because it's a great game and you well, want to make to sure and, you, you go and hide in a cave at the end exactly. of the season. That is going to make things worse. If you yeah. go and hide and don't deal with problems or deal yeah. with issues, the best way of uh, becoming good teammates and great mates Get is having together. a beer yep. together without a doubt. And sometimes, yeah, it spoils over and sometimes you, don't, you punch on. You don't have to go overboard, but no. it's just good to get together, but isn't this it? this is a certain player, and we've played with many players, Richo, that you wouldn't – you wouldn't piss on when it comes to Mad Monday, but he he was the one of those players you that you get to Mad Monday you and that. you'd go, Cornsy, mate, you may as well go home now because we know you're going to leave at three in the afternoon anyway. But Ooh. that was totally out of line. Yeah, I don't get that. I mean, just why can't you get together at the end of the year? Regardless of whether you played finals or not, you've still put in and tried hard. Yep. People who say footballers don't try out on the ground are kidding themselves. You just simply weren't good enough as a team. doesn't mean you can't enjoy having a couple of beers at the end mm, of the correct. season. So, Cornsy, yeah, that's yeah. a bit of And most blokes enjoy a beer. He's making calls to have Christmas canned as well. Now, very Les, we've got to go quickly, mindful of time. Sydney versus GWS Brownie. This is a tough one to call. I'm going to go yes. GWS and it all comes Oof. down to one battle. Phil Davis on Lance Franklin. He, he touched him up in the first half last time, about four weeks ago. Went off injured, but he absolutely destroyed yeah. them after that. If he can keep Lance to three goals or less, I don't think Sydney can kick a winning score that beats GWS because yeah. we've shown in the last six weeks, I think they go to him 43% yeah. of the time, you told yeah, me. Yeah, scoring, scoring chains for Sydney. He's involved 43% yep. of the time. Well, if he doesn't is, have a big game, they can't win. That's off the charts. I mean, so. But in saying that, it's hard to contain Lance Franklin, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Mm. They look they look pretty good against Hawthorne in the first half last week without Parker and, and, and Buddy, but it just became too much after half time. Is Toby Green back? Do we know? Don't know. Sure, yeah. the team's not out of the recording. Walk. Yeah, then again, I mean, he ha- he's only played six or seven games, Toby, so it'd be hard to come in and have a huge influence. I'm probably going to go with the Swans. I, just a team that I hate tipping against. It's at the SCG. I think Parker and Franklin come back in. So in a really close one, I think Sydney can just uh, fall over the line there, Hammer. 
West Coast versus Collingwood will round out the first week. We're going to go for the outsider again. We've got West Coast as favourites in this one, I would assume. Yeah, $1.60, right. $2.35. Dollar 60. I think Collingwood are the value here. Two thirty-five. I love the way they play. I love the fact that they do the same thing over and over again. Um, they just put their game on repeat and they're very, very good at it. They would have learnt from the West Coast beating them at the MCG and they would put plans in place to make sure that they can cover that. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Hummus looking at me. He's a bit worried. I know. I've, I've bumped. I've, sorry to cut you off, but I bumped into a friend of Hummus uh, during the week, and he's given me some big information on him. So <laughs> keep well, going. I'm, well, I'm, I'm tipping Collingwood anyway, but I'm, I'm I'm keen to get into this Hummus stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I, well, I'll talk Could about. Did you say this. the sources? Uh, someone that's known you since you were a child. That's all I'll say. Anyway, I'll quickly talk about this game. I think I think the Eagles win, Brownie. I know what you're saying. Collingwood have been so good all year, but I think they've finally got their forward six back. Kennedy's the sort of player that can come in and have an impact mm. straight away. He's, he's a champion of the game, you know, kicks 70 to 80 goals every year. So I think Kennedy, Darling, Lacra, Ryan, Rioli, Cripps, it's a really good forward setup. And I just think if it's a nice day in Perth and it's dry and they can control the footy, if McGovern can win it back in the back half, um, I think they might have a bit too much size in the air. Uh, so I'm going with the Eagles. So much emphasis on Collingwood's midfield, isn't it? Yeah, to control the footy, to control West Coast, and Brody Grundy at the head of that, if mm. he can get going. Trelaw's a good good ruckman, though. I is. like him. He battles hard. He is. Uh, Trelaw, I, I wouldn't be risking him um, I, I, because they've got a double chance. I don't think you risk Trelaw without Bring him, him back being next 100%. Yeah, right. What is your multi pay if you were to multi all So I'm going to go, obviously, up. Richmond into Melbourne, into yep. GWS, into Collingwood, $12.19. Oh, juicy. All right, Richo, let's get this over with. I'm, I have no idea what this could be. Now, is this, and this is replacing your story time as well. Well, this is my story for this week. Just okay. a little, just because a lot of our listeners would like to know a little bit more about your Hummer, I reckon. Yep. A lot of the sports, I but so. they know a lot about you already, obviously, with your work that you do here. But <laughs> uh, Hummer's played football in the past, Nathan. Did you know that? Uh, I, I've been told that he did, yeah. Good. Yeah, so I was a good you know how some people, they tell themselves something enough that they actually convince themselves that it's true? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, our friend over here, uh, Richard... <laughs> He went and played some football after his junior days out at the Canterbury Cobras. Is that right? Hunter? Yes, yeah. correct. Yep. I, well, I played my junior foot at Canterbury and I've actually yeah. returned I've returned back to the yeah. Cobras as well. Yeah. So, so uh, to, to stay at my career. So when you first went back to the Cobras, a lot of people there didn't know Hummer. Yep. So he had them convinced that he <laughs> oh, played no. in the TAC Cup for the Calder Cannons, okay? <laughs> now, it all started when he first got there, he'd turn up to training <laughs> at uh, the Canterbury Cobras, he turned up to training in a Calder Cannon singlet, right, <laughs> just so that everyone would go, oh, did you play for Calder? And he'd go, yeah, yeah, I did. Now, I have it on authority that he actually got that Calder Cannon singlet because you dated Shifter Sheehan's daughter for a little yes, while. Is that I right? I did indeed. So Shifter <laughs> – But that's not where I got the Calder Cannon. Now, Shifter, Shifter Sheehan obviously is involved in the under-18s. He got Richie a couple of cannons. Uh, <laughs> so Hummer went out of his way to train every single night at Canterbury in the cannons <laughs> top, okay? So he had everyone believing that he played for the cannons. The other thing that he did, yep. he said that his parents actually oh, no. his parents actually moved out into the catchment area for the Calder Cannons so that he could play for them. They went to the – his parents went to the length of moving into their area. Why does this not surprise me? Now, Richie, is this true? It's not entirely <laughs> it true. true. However, I, I was telling – well, the story is true. 
However, I didn't tell – I wasn't telling people – that I was telling it as a joke. It was never meant to be taken seriously. Oh, I actually yeah, said my yeah, parents joke, my it? parents separated because they said, well, why? how could you have played for Calder if you grew up in Surrey Hills? Yeah. I said, well, my parents separated. My dad moved to Greenvale, and that's how I got to play yeah, for Calder. That's the catchment area. But it was, it was such a ridiculous lie. Right. It was supposed to be taken as a joke, but everyone right. took it seriously. They did. Yeah. They actually believed it, and the only way you were caught out <laughs> is that one of your best friends overheard you one day telling this story. <laughs> And he outed you. He yeah. outed you at Canterbury. I got caught down. I was down at the Sorrento pub one night and I got caught busted. <laughs> <laughs> what were – so your junior footy – Junior footy. I was did never get, any good at Did you get close to the TAC? No, no, I'm shocking. I was no? horrific. That's no. why I was telling the story. But, uh, look, you know when you get caught up in a lie and yeah. you just got to stick with it. So I had to keep going with it. But and you ran with it for a ticket. couple of years. You yeah. ran with it for a long time. Mm. Okay, just to finish on, Matthew, I yeah. obviously we've spoken about the fact that we're going to Kokoda. Yes. Papua New Ooh. Guinea and we're doing that you trip with Trace for nine days. Yeah, Can't I'm, wait. I'm fit as a fiddle at the moment, Hummer. Now, I went out to my doctor yesterday out of Footscray, Dr. Jacob Landsberger, who yeah. is um, the Bulldogs doctor, yep. has been a long time. Uh, he said to me, what are you doing Kokoda for? And I explained the fact yeah. that you were doing it and we're doing yeah. it for charity. He goes, just be careful. I went, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, I've got it on a good authority that a lot of people get speared over there and Ooh. the fact that they don't want to wreck the tourism dollar, so they just go missing. Oh, and that, Look and out, he left boys. me on that note to walk out Look the door. Look out! Oh, that's oh, ridiculous. Come on, I reckon they'll be going. They're not going to spear Richo. He's too big. They'll just. You'll be just. They'll love just <laughs> chopping you off. I reckon they're going to spear anyone. They'd go the big fella first. The bigger target. We're going to get the bigger fella. The more meat off it. All right. On that note, we're going to leave. I'm not saying they're eating him. Well, what? Are, why are they spearing him? I don't know. I thought it was the food. No. Oh well. Well, good luck. No. Not sure. What. How's it going? Just but I was that. very you, nervous. Have after you been? Jake have you started your training yet? Uh, yeah. You might want to start training know, so you can run a little bit faster. I know the one thing you do need to do, you need to make sure that you have your shots because you're going into the tropics, Nathan. Yep. So Got me malaria sure tablets. Yeah. Well, on that note, we're going to leave. My tail's between my legs. I've been caught out for another lie. I need to find out who the source is and give them a clip. But uh, good luck on the punt this weekend if you are going to have a gamble responsibly and get excited for what is going to be a very big week of footy.